You're listening to Tweets Ahead, an Irish podcast where we discuss our favourite tweets and trends from the week. Whether they're social, political or from the world of sports, we love the unpredictable mess that is Twitter. Enjoy the intro music. Tweets Ahead, an Irish podcast that's all about talking tweets, Twitter, and the ridiculousness of the Twitterverse. And for the first time in a long time, uh, we are recording in the same building, uh, at a social, di- socially acceptable distance, of course. Uh, my name is Fergal, I'm joined by Sean and Cormac this week. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'm great. Sean, straight in there, no yeah. dilly-dallying? No, uh, I'm good. I enjoyed having a bit of a break off. Um, I've been doing some gardening this week. I'm yeah. I'm quite excited about it. How's that going? Um, it's really easy because you just dig holes and put plants in the holes. And, That's uh, the essence of it, yeah. And then you put water on them and it works. Great. What kind of plants are you going for? I don't know the names of them. I have a forest flame. You um, have a forest flame? That sounds like an infection. I know. <laughs> and I also have some lavender. Um, sounds like the cure for infection. Yes. And then... I have all these other things that are colourful and bright. Yeah. Is anybody else finding it weird recording together? No. Just looking at each other. No, 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 like no. People and humans. No. It actually might stop us from talking over each other because that usually happens in Zoom. Nobody knows who, who to go to. <laughs> yeah. You can actually read each other's body language. Yeah. I think it will make for a very exciting and uh, ever fascinating show. Yeah, well, you know, you listening, hang on. It's going to get better. Uh, Cormac. <laughs> How are you getting on this week? Uh, I'm I'm not actually that well today. It's def it's not COVID, but it's more undercooked food related. Yeah, listen, you, you told us earlier that y- your brother um, might have undercooked some food at a family mm. barbecue. Yes, do you want to air your grievances? No, I've said everything I need to say to him. <laughs> <laughs> I know he listens, so do you want to you know say anything now? Say more about it. Uh, so yeah, um, other than that, actually, it's an interesting enough week. We're back at the gym. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, how's that going? And, well, it was going well, and then I went drinking on Thursday, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, and probably had way too much to drink because I think I had maybe six or, six or seven pints before four o'clock in the day. Before you ate some raw chicken. <laughs> and then uh, I maybe had another five or six pints. So, what I have discovered actually yesterday before the chicken was that uh, drinking cans hangover is a lot different to <laughs> pub hangover. Yeah. So, is any lesson you've taken away from COVID? That's, that's, it. that's um, it. Yeah. Anything else? No. Uh, Sean was talking about his garden. I, I, was, I was with him when he was buying plants. I also can't remember what it was that we bought. Can you confirm one was called Forest Flame? And uh, I think it might have been Forest TV. Flame, yeah. Okay. Um, I've a, I've a front door sign coming tomorrow for the house, like a house number. Yeah, so that's, yeah. That, that's exciting. 
That is exciting. Yeah. So that that's about all I have going on in the house front. Sean's a little bit more further down the the line than I am. Great. Well, listen, as you know, you have already said, Sean. We took a bit of a break um, for a few weeks. Uh, a lot's happened, I guess, in that break too. We missed out on um, Ireland's Uncle Joey. Uh, while on that break I think that was a more visual thing it's something that we probably wouldn't be able to capture over yeah. a podcast well, we did but I think it was also then ruined by from what I remember Simon Harris, <laughs> Simon Harris yes. possibly ruined it so it's yeah. probably, probably can't go back over it now really yeah I, I don't think anybody wanted an episode of us just describing Matt LeBlanc sitting in a chair no I don't, oh here's Matt LeBlanc he's sitting in a pub and there's loads of trad musicians around him <laughs> yeah and look at him he looks like a proper irish uncle he wow was the only member of that cast who looked like a human being <laughs> yeah, yeah i heard uh, i heard um, matthew perry looked as if he got some hell of a job on his teeth uh, yeah he, he looked like a man who'd, who'd been ravaged from from years of excessive um i, I think that was the general yeah, concern afterwards that maybe he wasn't actually still too well mm. uh, i think he split up with his Fiance, a couple of days after. Oh yeah, that's so weird, actually. <laughs> from what I from what I read online, yeah. You see so, in the gossip pages. Yes, yeah. Well, it's kind of it's quite stock and <laughs> trade, isn't it? <laughs> gossip. <laughs> well, listen. Um, we better get on with the episode. I know we're excited to be recording in person, but uh, we're looking at two kind of two main topics today, really, aren't we? Or, I think so. Or a few topics. Anyway. Absolutely a few. I'm talking about the Dublin. Bay South by-election. Yep. Uh, that's for people listening abroad. That is a by-election that's happening in Ireland in Dublin, and it has the most bizarre, some of the most bizarre entrants I've seen in it, and one in particular <laughs> that stood out. That her story broke up on Twitter for just a calamity of a campaign, and it's hilarious. So I'm going to go into that. I also have a new segment this Woo! week, Virgo. Yeah. It's, it's called Sean's Crazy Conspiracy Corner, where I bring you the best crazy conspiracies that Twitter has to offer. Yeah, conspiracies being your bread and butter. Really. Conspiracies being my bread and butter. I'm surprised I haven't come up with this before. Yeah, it's essentially Sean's list, but just conspiracies. Yeah. I'm not too yeah. sure if it's new. It's just been repackaged and yeah. re <laughs> New Coke. You know? yeah, Taking them three, three weeks to... Yeah, sit yeah. down and think of a new yeah. and new coke was another conspiracy we went over oh, yeah, that's true, two yeah. months ago and I have a jingle for it I made a jingle it's about a 30 second long jingle yeah okay, okay. okay I like so. the way you told me the length just make sure you can include it yeah <laughs> if it's 30 seconds it'll fit I think it's 30 seconds yeah okay well if it's anything over 30 seconds we can't use it okay uh, Cormac I think we were going to have a look at some of the the, the weirdness around the, the Euros the European yeah, Championships so far like the Euros is on like, Wales are currently playing Switzerland at the moment it's just kicked off yeah it's four minutes in so you're not in a live ticker it's, it's, game, now. <laughs> it's still oh, Christ. now but um the opening ceremonies at these tournaments are always yeah. extremely yeah. strange and, and there was a lot of talk about last night on 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 twitter specifically because an irish uh, singer <laughs> was involved yeah so we'll, we'll have a chat about that and in general maybe just kind of i'll get your get your take on who you think is possibly gonna oh okay yeah you know, yeah win or have a terrible or he's gonna have a terrible time yeah well we know turkey's not gonna have a good time yeah. but listen uh we digress uh let's have a, a look at it sean hello 
you want to talk about some of the weird and wonderful wacky characters um, that have been um, the campaigning Dublin, Dublin based out by election yes. yeah it sounds like the cast from Wacky Races a little bit it does uh, one stood out in particular uh, the Penelope pit, sh- pit stop of the <laughs> of the by election oh yeah um, for those of you who are outside of the country Fianna Fáil is one of our main political parties as, as they would say and are in government with Fianna Gael at the moment the other main political party and you know it's really ironic we have two political parties that are the mainstays and they're the, the exact carbon copies of each other it is very much that episode of um, uh, I don't know did you ever watch Futurama and they're doing like um, the, the elections for the president of earth yeah and it's like it's like something like here's John Jameson and then the next kind is like James Johnson <laughs> yeah that's essentially our political system here but we have a woman called Deirdre Conroy who is uh, she's going up for election for Fianna Fáil and she's just had a calamity of a campaign and it's all broken out on Twitter and it's all very hilarious so there's three main points in this the first one came up uh, I saw through at sound migration who posted an article by on the ditch.com and it's essentially about Deirdre Conroy's past of her being a landlady now for people who don't know in this country we have a serious housing problem at the minute yeah and evil landlords and you know ridiculous you know those type of things you see on twitter or like a little small flat goes up for two grand a month yeah. and the bathroom uh, or the toilet is just literally at the end of the bed next to the next to the cooker that sort of thing that's really pissing off people in the country Deirdre unfortunately was a landlady and not only was she a landlady but she also uh, blogged about being a landlady she had this oh what yeah she recorded everything she recorded everything down so she essentially had a blog called dublinlandlady.blogspot.com who's that blog for what's your audience there she claims that it's for like you know old you know middle-aged women who got hit hard by the recession and wants to give them a good laugh this is i'll get into this what? it's a bit carrie bradshaw from <laughs> sex and the city yeah it's like a, just in a really really watered down terrible oh, terrible version like already this sounds like one of the most tone-deaf things i've ever heard yes well I'm, i haven't even got into it yet and yeah. it gets worse so basically like she posted some absolute howlers on it that show off her privileged position as a landlord and just about being a bit of a dick as a landlord too. <laughs> yeah. Um. On the blog, Conroy explained she became a landlord after her architectural agency struggled after the crash in 2008. So this was about in 2013. So she initially moved her two sons out of their rooms, one into a converted loft, and the other into what she calls a linen cupboard. <laughs> she, she, she made her son live in a linen cupboard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like, She's probably watching Harry Potter the night before or something. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to sound like a weird question, but I'm just thinking of um, I'm just thinking of logistics here. Uh, what age were the sons? Like, how small of a kid are we talking about? I think about they were teenagers. Like, is it like, is it like you reference Futurama at the beginning? Like, do you remember yeah. when Bender makes Prime <laughs> yeah. live into the wardrobe? <laughs> That's right. He lives in his apartment and it's like, it's one metre by one metre or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So... Uh, <laughs> After the son complained about the linen cupboard, she posted on the on the blog that she considered letting her linen cupboard out to a student. So that was met with uproar on Twitter. 
on the on the on the post she says desperado that i am i have my eye on the linen cupboard which is perfectly a nice single room i could possibly put a student into god it gets worse she then blogs about taking on a latvian tenant who she names after one of the i think she names it after one of the characters from er because she doesn't give her e- real name because she says she's kind of yeah. one of the, he looks like one of the handsome characters from er <laughs> my last george right. clooney but then she writes about how how he asked to turn on the central heating every night and how this was wrecking her head and that it was the last straw when he used the kitchen for two hours on a sunday in which she had to endure quote a rancid smell of boiled rice and oats so porridge <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounds a bit xenophobic because after when she gets rid of him for new tenants, she says, "Better to stick to what you know," and she also gave out about um, him claiming child benefit, which he's perfectly le- um, capable of doing so under European law. So she he only came over for five weeks. Yeah, and she was given out that he was claiming child benefit for his child back at home, but he's he's legally a- able to do this. Yeah, I'm so okay. it, it it just comes across a bit. What's the word? Yeah. Well, well, she's renting a linen closet and then giving out that you know, and I, I assume her linen closet, her linen, her linen, linen closet. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Is not insulated like you know any linen closet. So he's giving out about like him using the heat. Using the heat and claiming child benefit and cooking. So, you know, we kind of asked the question. One uh, politician from People Before Profit said, "Is this someone who would fairly represent renters in the doll?" I would think not. There's some really good tweets on this. Uh, the first one, <laughs> uh, sorry, the first one was um, oh I can't find it now. It was a bitch. Uh, somebody was giving out that um, Sinn Fein were were using this. Yeah, Ken McFadden put out Sinn Fein announced candidate for the DBS by election next day. A social media smear campaign starts against the front runner. No connection, I'm sure. <sighs> And then <laughs> at uh, Amron Nua put out, can't believe Sinn Féin went back in time and forced Deirdre Con- Conroy to write a xenophobic blog. Um, in The Independent, Conroy came back with this. So in response to query, she said she had never been a landlord. I had an amusing blog about renting a room, living in my room with my two children to manage not losing a home in the recession. Like, uh, that's what she said and she said uh, she started it as an art and architectural historian I called my blog an amusing old fashioned name to bring up laughter during the sad financial crisis for so many women so she just laughed it off Jesus yeah uh, somebody uh, in response to this quiz 2420 she manages to make herself the victim by mentioning she was trying not to lose her house then she paints herself as doing depressed women a service by trying to make them smile during her session with her blog. No doubt she was terrorising whoever was lucky enough to rent off her room. Marion Keyes put up a brilliant tweet. And yes, there's more. Deirdre Conroy calls our hot press a linen cupboard. The absolute state. <laughs> so, Fergal, if that wasn't bad enough, it, it develops into something another absolute calamity happens it evolves from this it evolves oh, from this it gets a lot better this this next bit Sean is actually where I came in to the whole thing the whole thing I hadn't seen the previous until 
The next bit. Yes, the next bit is good. So, Deirdre has a claim against the skiing company for breaking her hip back in 2015. Now, this happened when she was, um, she was working with the Independent as a travel journalist. Yeah. And she got a free trip to Andorra for a, you know, for a ski trip. Lovely. She was to write write for, and during the ski trip, uh she there was she said there was very little snow and there was icy conditions there was icy conditions on a ski trip like you know we can prepare for the worst sometimes but icy conditions on a ski slope yeah so she she's had an accident where she broke her hip and she had to get a pin put into it so she's in the midst of suing a skiing company crystal holidays for For yeah for a fall she had in 2015 in her claim she expressed concern at icy conditions which she claimed the instructor ignored and that she asked for a break an hour into the ski session and again another hour later which she didn't get so making a left turn down the slopes her leg gave and she fractured her hip which she had to get a pin in she claims that the instructor wasn't watching her when she did it uh, at Malloy 1916 put up a very good Irish Time article by Jack Power which shows her that despite making this claim there's pictures in 2019 of her A on a horse <laughs> B on a motorcycle and then C her Facebook page has her swimming and playing golf so she has this claim in so there's serious Maria Bradley vibes from this I was going to say this This like reeks of a couple of years ago Maria ba- Bradley was on a it's Maria Bailey. Bailey, sorry. Bailey. This, was, this was this was Swingate. Swingate, yeah. So for, for anyone again who's not Irish, it was a, a politician. She's been a fall as well. She's been a gale. Same thing. Same thing. And she, th- th- there's a bar in Dublin that like famously has a kind of an indoor like little swing, little kind of wooden yeah. on, on string kind of cute the, swing. The, it's part of the the Dean. Yes. Dean Hotel or Dean. Dean, yeah. King Gate or whatever it's called. Wasn't she trying to like hold to? She was sitting on the swing. She sat on the swing, right? And she was holding two drinks in her hand. Yeah, with yeah. a drink in each hand. So she yeah. sat on a swing, on a seat, with like a drink in each hand, not holding on to anything else, obviously, because she's got a drink in each hand. Yeah. And somehow she fell off a swing without holding on to it. Yeah. And then tried to sue uh, the... And it was through Madigan's solicitors, which is... Uh, Madigan is one of the her colleagues. Go ahead, really. Yeah. And funny enough, uh, Deirdre Conroy used Madigan solicitors. Oh, here also. we go, yeah. But anyway, but back to that Maria Bailey one, she um did she sue and while she was suing she posted on Facebook of her running a marathon. Yes. Um, yes. so this is very similar. Conroy and, and, and the party made her cancel the the suing. I the guess. suing thing. Yeah, yeah. I suppose why why this is really problematic is for listeners who aren't from Ireland, we have a serious problem with claims culture at the moment mm. like a, cu- a couple of uh, years ago didn't we have someone who like a, a teenage girl who held on to the outside of the lewis and she yeah. was on top of it yeah and if she was on top of it the lewis is like a tram in dublin and she actually managed to sue lewis company for uh, not uh, having signs about the dangers of holding on to a moving tram from outside <laughs> the vehicle it's so a, it's like that thing did you ever see billy Conley talk about um when he's staying in a hotel and he's using a hairdryer and there's a little sticker on it saying don't use in the shower yeah it's like who's that for <laughs> but then here we yeah, are you know? I mean, yeah <laughs> exactly i mean like i'd be kind of wondering then uh, sean like is every by-election slash general election is going to be some sort of crazy 
court case that we don't I know yeah like it's gonna pop up each time like some sort of claims yeah that's, lawsuit that's gonna come for <laughs> come forward someone's gonna come forward I hope yeah. so it gives us something to talk yeah. about yeah but anyway so it, it's problematic because we have claims yeah. culture in Ireland and people are they're absolutely fed up of it and yeah. here we have a politician who went on a skiing break and is suing them over icy conditions and then going off and <laughs> going on a motorcycle and a horse. I love the idea for like at the bottom of the sub going, I listen, there's a lot of snow here. What, what's going on? Well, I'd say in, <laughs> in Fitzmaurice, who I follow on Twitter, he writes for Callan's Kicks and a couple of other shows. Like he, like he tweeted out, like I can just imagine, you know, ski instructor going, okay, so we'll be doing some skiing now on this, on this hill here. Deirdre Conroy, oh, nobody warned me that there'd be any skiing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what exactly did she think she was getting whoa, herself whoa, into? Downhill. Like, it's, it's so absurd that I, I did, that's why I didn't believe it when I yeah. first seen it. It's mental, isn't it? And then I read back and seen the, the other stuff that come out like two or three days yeah. before about the, about the house. Um, I'm not sure now since has she had any She's been quiet enough since. She's been quiet enough since. There's been some great tweets about it. Do you want to hear one or two of the yeah, tweets? Yeah, um, At Dr. Harold News po- uh, posted, I used the compensation money to build a linen cupboard extension amidst Deirdre Conroy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at Acting the Gom uh, tweeted, Deirdre Conroy sues travel operator for breaking hip because, wait for this, she was worried about slippy conditions while skiing. At Todger112 posted, Maria Bailey says, I'm going to sue hotel because I fell off a swing when I was drunk. And then he says, Deirdre Conroy says, hold my beer. (laughs) I wrote some irony there with that one as well. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Yeah, it's nice. Um, It's developed even more. There's a third thing, Fergal. What do you mean it's developed again? Again? There's another thing. In relation to Deirdre? In relation to Deirdre. So... Fianna Fáil's Jim O'Callaghan released a video of his colleague's uh, campaign uh, entitled Deirdre's Story, which I'm going to play for you in a second. And in it, it claims that Conroy was one of the uh, pioneers of women rights uh, during their abortion referendum. Now, this is a a little bit more serious, and I'll get into it, but this caused a lot of problems on Twitter also. Um, I'm just going to play the video for you first, if that's okay. Before you do that, Sean... That's this this by election has become extremely interesting. Like not just with Deirdre. Oh, so, there's more. Some of the other candidates yeah. are like they're really going out of their way to Can we are we, are we gonna <laughs> talk about the other candidates as well? well we will well, after Sean yeah. play play after, we have after, a qu- very after, quick after we'll do we very do quick. Our, after we do our job <laughs> on, on yeah. this. Okay, okay. Okay, so here's Deirdre's story. Deirdre Conroy is a candidate in the Dublin Bay South by election. You've no doubt heard from other candidates about how they intend to change Ireland. You probably haven't heard from Deirdre how she has already changed Ireland. In 2002, when Deirdre was 16 weeks pregnant with a child she desperately wanted, she was told that the child she was carrying had a severe chromosomal abnormality and would never survive outside the womb. This was a shattering blow to Deirdre, but she questioned why in Ireland she was forced to carry a child to full term when that child could not survive. Deirdre subsequently instituted proceedings against Ireland, not for herself, but for all other Irish women in a similar position, and claimed that the failure to promote women to have an abortion in circumstances of a fatal fetal abnormality infringed the European Convention rights of Irish women. 
dearly brought her case to the European Court of Human Rights. The decision of the European Court in Deirdre's case, D versus Ireland, was one of the most significant early legal decisions that helped repeal the Eighth Amendment. Some politicians claim credit for repealing the Eighth Amendment. Others followed the changing mood. But Deirdre led by example. Remember the women who made a difference when you come to vote in the by-election. So I know I know this is getting a little bit more serious. So like, there's no denying what Deirdre Conroy went through. There was awful. Like, yeah. Um, you know, it was a, a fetal abnormality, and she had to go through an abortion. But the the problem with it is the hypocrisy of Fianna Fáil now using the repeal movement to score political points. Yeah. Um, because at the time Deirdre was taking action in the European courts, it was actually in fact against Fianna Fáil, who were in government at the time. And if we, we look, so a lot of a lot of tweeters posted that Fianna Fáil voted against the repeal movement with a ratio of two to one. Um, Twitter users were really annoyed. I, I first came across this through, uh, through uh, Ruth Coppinger. Uh, she said, "This is actually nauseating." At Fianna Fáil party opposed repealing the Eighth Amendment for thirty five years. Now they try to use it to get someone elected. The hypocrisy is rank. Mm. At Hunter Sony put up, please vote for me, Deirdre Conroy, because I couldn't get a needed medical intervention in a country governed by the party I would like you to vote for and would heavily oppose any change to that law. And then finally, at uh, Nisi O'Keefe posted, it's taken me an entire 24 hours to fully process that Deirdre Conroy claims she started repeal. It was so absurd that when I initially read it, my brain wouldn't compute. I'm like Dougal suddenly realising those women were in the nip. Um, <laughs> so if, if you get me, like it is. No, I get it. Like, it is serious, but. Trying to. No, it's serious, but trying to claim that she started the appeal is, is just. Um, um, it's arrogant and it's insane. Yeah. You know, like, what she, I listen, what she went through is obviously fucking horrible. Um, but the claim that she started that movement is. is is bonkers yeah but to use it for a, a party that was against it. and that too yeah there's, there's pictures yeah. there's people posting up pictures of all the Fianna Fáil, uh politicians holding up signs photos to vote no do you know it's what, what do you think Matt I, I that was the first thing that came to mind with me I can remember very vividly the photo of majority Fianna Fáil TDs at the time outside Leinster House with, with like no Mm. You know, what was it? I can't remember what the slogan was, but yeah, it's probably not worth repeating anyway. But that was the that was the big news story at the time. How many Fianna Fall yeah, candidates were completely against it, yeah. So now it's kind of like, oh, you know, it serves a purpose now, and that I suppose does lead interestingly into I know you need to talk about this in a minute, but one of the other candidates that's that's running as well for Fine Gael. Yeah. Even though they heavily backed it at the time, he was involved in another party which would not have backed it at all. Yeah, that's very funny. So, like to summarize, summarize, Deirdre is running as a privileged landlord. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she a is, strong position. She is running as uh, someone who is involved in uh, claims culture. Yeah. And finally, she's kind of annoying everybody saying that she started the repeal movement uh, right this morning for a party he voted against it there's some other as as max said there's some other interesting candidates justin barrett has thrown his fascist hat into the ring <laughs> what does um, the fascist hat look like oh it, uh, it, it looks like a real evil beret with 
an evil Murray like with swastikas on it yeah, yeah skull and crossbones uh, he's an interesting character running for it um, the, the Beacon had a, a good article about him that, you know we did the interview with the Beacon a couple of podcasts Brian, ago yeah. um, he, they had a, a thing that how all the t- if he was in power what Ireland would look like <laughs> so a, a Catholic fascist uh, d- dictatorship is exactly what it would look like who is the other candidates uh, James um, the, the one in particular that's that's very interesting is James Gagan he's right. running for Finn Gael why is that name familiar uh, he's not from the area that he's actually yeah. running in but has somehow managed to weasel his way into it but the interesting thing about him was he is now running for Fine Gael after jumping ship when he helped to start up Renewa. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> here this in, the oh, in 2016. And uh, of course, Twitter has been all over that. Actually, in the last couple of... I'm actually looking at something I didn't realise. In the last two days, he has admitted also that he did have... He was one of the, in one of the parties that helped to carry out fake polling um back oh, in 20, fake polling, yeah. back in 2016 but james has been pissing off a lot of people in the election because i think one of the areas in particular that he's covering is ranala and he's not from or doesn't live in ranala but he somehow has managed to acquire an address in ranala it seems to be right that that has allowed him to kind of quickly run for that area but Look, people aren't happy with him because of his obvious Renewa. Uh, for people that don't know, Renewa would have been... Oh, I wouldn't suppose if... The opposite of the repeal movement. Yeah, like... Yeah. Reactionary <laughs> conservatism. Not be original right-wingers because I think they've always been about, but like I think they were the first in the last couple of years to gain any sort of traction because with the syndicate had previously been in Fine Gael, um, before that and she fell out with Radker I think and somebody else could have been Coveney yeah possibly in the county at the time before he left and I think she felt that she was an extremely popular individual and she went and started up her own party but James Gagan was was one of the other people that helped to start that party and like the internet I don't know we discussed this before the internet doesn't forget so no Everybody's been quick to remind him of it. Um, he's been out campaigning quite a lot with Simon Harris, which I don't really think has done him any favours either because Harris has a, a way of courting controversy when he's trying to be not controversial. Like they took a picture about a week and a half ago outside of a shop and it was like something like, oh, great to see the area getting back on its, you know, its feet. And there was a homeless person behind him <laughs> begging in the street. He and is he is like a character in particular, isn't he? Eventually then later on the picture was reposted, but it was the homeless person hadn't been like removed from the photo, but it was zoomed in to such a point that <laughs> yeah. the homeless person was no longer there. So it's just it's just one of those things, like he's one of the candidates. He, I think in the beginning he would have been one of the favourite ones to win it because of I'm not casting aspersions in the area, but it's it's Dublin South, and yeah. I think a lot of people thought yeah. Finnegale would be a shoe in middle class. But I think they have a fight in their hands now. Possibly, I'm not sure who's running for Sinn Fein. To be to be honest with you, but 
I came across her last night. I can't remember her name uh, offhand. It's it's going to be interesting. Like it, it'll these these by elections are always kind of a like the tiniest snapshot of what could possibly happen in the next if, one. If the general election was called, you know, this year, next begin the next year, like it won't be probably. Unless, although one wonders how many more scandals they can sleepwalk true you know one but does wonder it, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him he, he's a big believer in this 15 minute city the what now yeah it's like you know like he wants Dublin to be one of these 15 minute cities where I, is that like you know it's a very Dutch oh old public transport yeah, yeah you, you can get across one side the other is it yeah like okay. anywhere in 15 minutes kind of thing but I think Dublin has more pressing uh, issues. We need to get the the white water rapids thing open. Well, this is first. this is it. Now that that itself has faced a lot of. Uh, <laughs> I think there was a, there was problems with the Green Party as well. They didn't they didn't back Hazel Chu to. Yeah, that's true that's right, as well. To, yeah. to run. Um, she was quite upset about that. That didn't go down well. Yeah, you would be. Uh, I can't remember who it is. It's running for that. But like that's that's the thing. Like some of the names, like as bad as these other candidates have been, the fact that their names are. Like it's a very Irish thing. It's like their name is is in your mind. So yeah, there there's yeah. a there's a cohort age wise who would be likely to vote for them just because yeah. they recognise the, the name when they go in on the day. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But whichever party does actually win out, would we'll probably feel fairly confident. Yeah, it, it's it's been entertain. It's an entertaining by election. There's no doubt about that. Uh, with just the bizarre things that have happened in it. So strange. Um, Sean, you had um, you had a new segment you wanted to go through, right? I have a new segment. It's called Sean's Crazy Conspiracy Corner. Uh, it's basically just Sean's list, just re recycled. Um, but it came across a lot of crazy conspiracies that yeah. through a couple of accounts that I follow. And I just thought maybe every so often, I'd uh, I'd share them with you. Fergal, I have a new jingle. Okay, so who, who is behind nine eleven then? Well. See what I, how I understand what is happening is that that the the the, uh, the powers that be are, are using basically fake terrorism and now phony environmentalism to incrementally bring us into a more and more controlled society. Welcome to Sean's Crazy Conspiracy Corner, bringing you Twitter's craziest conspiracies. of microwaves up at the ionosphere superheats right. the ionosphere yeah. and um, it can cause earthquakes on the ground below that's the okay. god weapons they okay. are available that is crazy conspiracy corner you are taking podcast jingles to strange new places yeah <laughs> that's that's where i'm going with this yeah <laughs> i love it man uh, so basically you might remember my Fifth one on the list is a woman called Jean Murray. Now she was on prime time a couple of weeks ago when prime time were trying to give fair balance to all these people who, conspiracy theorists who are anti-vaccination and okay. COVID deniers, which was very irresponsible in my opinion. But uh, quite interestingly, Jean posted during the week 
that she is a vegetarian. Uh, but I don't think she understands what vegetarian is. <laughs> okay. So I thought this was quite hilarious. So I'll just play it for you now. If I can find it. Trying to get rid of your meat source. And meat is our nation's primary, primary source of iron and food. Primary source. And um, it provides so much iron and vitamins and uh, body muscle strength. And I think now the butchers, I was talking to my local butcher the, the other day, um, I think this is what they need to advocate and promote now and remind people and parents that meat is your primary source um, of nutrition and it has all the elements you need for good muscle strength so um you know because <laughs> in the last few years the, the vegan diet has been pushed and the vegetarian diet which is a very vegetarian diet i'm actually a vegetarian hmm. um, and the reason i'm a vegetarian well and i eat chicken i eat fish and i uh, you know and the reason I'm a vegetarian is I actually don't like the texture of red meat. Um, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she sounds like someone who turned up and forgot their speech. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. What she sounds like is you know when you're asked that question in an interview. And you, like, <laughs> actually just, you're just dying to death. <laughs> you're just there going, yeah, yeah. I the, the, So the plan is the plan. Yeah. The plan of has course. plenty of plans yeah. in it. Uh, the plan, uh, yeah. plan within plans yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I know that wasn't really a conspiracy theory but she's a conspiracy theorist who doesn't know what vegetarianism means oh you know that was worth playing I think oh yeah, yeah it was she's mad looking hair um, probably people would probably remember that episode of prime time from a couple of weeks ago and she was in the paper as well I thought it was ludicrous that they were trying to give fair balance to stuff like that number four on my list is by a QAnon conspiracy theorist called Bishop Larry Gators um, okay. and he has this conspiracy <laughs> Bishop Larry Gators Bishop Larry Gators yeah isn't that's it? fantastic is he Bishop I don't know what he is he, anyway he has a claim about Tiger Woods car accident which I thought Cormac would enjoy okay <laughs> well Tiger Woods that was an attempted assassination they want to lie to you and I that Tiger Woods was intoxicated and he was driving to as a lie, okay? So there was no brick or cement ravine in the place where Tiger Woods almost lost his life. Well, the deep state wanted to take him out. Why? A week before his accident, he sold off his shares in Reddit, GameStop. Okay, in Robin Hood. And Tiger Woods was going to give a major press, press conference concerning Reddit, GameStop, and Robin Hood. He was going to expose it at the highest levels in connection to the Biden family. Now his legs are crushed. Tiger Woods. I don't know how he made the connection with GameStop. Has <laughs> Tiger Woods ever made a political comment about it's, anything? It's strange because... At the, at, at the time of the accident happened, like, uh, the, after it was 
discovered like he was still alive, not 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 dead. Like I've seen a lot of that stuff online straight away. Like oh, they've tried to take him out. You sent me something about this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I can't particularly remember why or what the theory yeah. was, but somebody was trying to take him out for no apparent real reason. Reason, you know. Um, maybe I I actually seen something stupid linked back. It was linked to Trump, but it was like. You know, he was going to come out in support of oh God. Trump or something like that, and you know, I had to take want to take him out. Like uh, Tiger Woods hasn't been even like I haven't watched golf in a very long time, but I don't think he's even been a top ten golfer for quite some time now. No, but he's famously non. Like he went yeah. down one of the the Michael Jordan. He had a brief resurgence there. He did. He did. You're right. Yeah. Route at the time, you know, when the famous Jordan line from the Last Dance, well, Republicans by sneakers as well yeah. yeah you know he refused to come out and say a bad word about an openly racist republican candidate woods has done that in the past as well or like nike have told him you don't make a comment on, on that sort of stuff and, and he just doesn't so he's famously non yeah political like he refu- refuses to kind of make comments that would affect yet he was going to come out and march in front of a press conference and, yeah and deliver biden <laughs> to to this military coup on a platter. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> My next conspiracy theorist at number three is our good friend Ashley Nolachlan. Uh for viewers abroad that don't know, Ashley used to be a presenter on a channel called T V Tree here in Ireland and she used to work on a fashion kind of beauty programme and she's well known. She's on Instagram recently and she's just sprouting shite about being a COVID denier and an anti-vaxxer. She put up one during the week and I came to my attention through at AnnieK45. Basically, Ashley was being a bit of an agony aunt and she got a message from uh, a fellow anti-vaxxer which she shared with everybody and to me it has to be a piss take but anyway this is what she this is what she shared with instagram me and my ex broke up because i didn't want to be with someone who'd risked their life or risked their own health so willy-nilly after they had the vaccine i went to get the rest of my things from their house and they kissed me goodbye i stupidly kissed back because it was difficult goodbye i came out in a rash all over my face a couple of weeks after <laughs> it has to be a piss take that's the herpes. <laughs> That's what it has to be. Yeah, it's definitely not uh, anything to do with what she was thinking. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. yeah, that's herpes, man. Yeah, but Ash, Ashley's a good laugh. She'd probably be on this list if I keep if I keep doing it. And number two, our good friends Gemma and John. Others, oh, I know you. Know you don't like them, but this was absolutely. Uh, Is he running at the minute? I don't, I don't think so, no. Okay. no. So Gemma Doherty and John Waters have their little uh, tin hat website and they post videos. Mm. They had a guest on called Robert Pye. And in this little exchange, they're, they basically have a conspiracy that like the New World Order was associated with Irish monks and that the Star Wars movie was a signal <laughs> that because the Star Wars movie was shot in... in in Skelligs, yeah, that this was essentially a, a sign for the new world order that yeah. they're back in business. So I'll just let you listen to this. The new world order nodded the head to what the Irish monks did actually, 
when they used the great Skelly in the Star Wars movie. Because what they were saying was, we're back. We've taken it over. You hurt us back around 600 AD. Well, we have it now. That's what that was about. It was Hold on, sorry. George Lucas is in charge of the New World Order. Is that what he's saying? Well, Disney. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, stupid. Maybe, maybe Kathleen. Come on, Kennedy. keep up for a go. <laughs> yeah. I love the way Jelmer goes in at the end. Absolutely right. <laughs> no question. Hot <laughs> or mad, aren't they? Anybody will look for any reason to not like those new Star Wars movies, isn't that right, Sean? Yeah. Well, oh here. <laughs> I just, I, I just get so like I'm, I'm sort of now beginning to wonder. Is it a circus? Do they believe half the stuff? That half the stuff that they're saying, or is it, is, is it purely again about like making money, grifting. making money, revenue, uh, clicks, likes, listens? Yeah. What's a, yeah, but like in this case, what are they backed by Disney? <laughs> <What's> the, <laughs> you know, there are people out there, unfortunately, that will. That will fall for this. Use our link to get twenty percent off Disney. Yeah, Plus exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish we had a link like that. Yeah, that that video was true. Uh, at ACI question, uh, good to follow for conspiracy theories and mad videos. I do think Cormac's right though. I do think that at this point they have to know some of the stuff they're saying is shite, and they're just getting. Yeah, well, I get that. Like you know, I don't know. I think they just went past the point of no return. Showing off shit or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. something's gonna stick. I saw <laughs> the whole time. I saw a diagram though. Once you go past the conspiracy, anti-Semitism point of no return, you're liable yeah. to believe anything. I I think they do believe it. I think they believe oh, everything that they say. John Waters might believe it. Not too oh, sure about how wacky. Anyway, Fergal, at number one, is not so much a conspiracy theory, but while well, it is and it isn't, people might not know that our favorite um, fan Morrison has gone off the rails in the last couple of years. Oh yeah, big time. Big time. He's a big anti-faxer. Uh, he's a big, you know, COVID denier. He basically, during the week, he was at a function and he started talking about the Irish health minister. And the Northern Irish health minister. Northern Irish, yeah. yeah, the Northern Irish health minister. Robin Swan? Yeah. Robert Swan, Swan. Is it Robin Swan? Or Robin, 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 Robin Swan, sorry. He's got two, he's got like he's called after two, two birds. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be something in that. Robin Swan. <laughs> That's <laughs> a conspiracy. Birds aren't real. Jen and John better get on it. But essentially, he starts on a rant about uh, Robin Swan, Swan and about Van Morrison being called dangerous mm-hmm. for being a COVID denier, which I'll just play for you now. Is it about Rolling Stones interview, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, something about that. Rolling Stone says, and it's like he's leaked with Rolling Stone magazine. I was dangerous. Okay, well, if I can't affect any change in this situation, right, I don't have any power, or my power is very limited to change this situation. Robin Swan has got all the power keeping us in this over 15 months all I have to say is 
no, 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 no. This stops when we say no. Right? That's when it stops. When he says, anyway. Yeah, when he says junior there, he's referring to Ian Paisley Jr. Because this is a DUP conference or something, isn't it? Must have been something Who like that. then could also sense the awkwardness of, of the moment. Even even for him, he threw in there at the end, anyway, played a brown-eyed girl uh, <laughs> to try and get him to kind of, I don't know, what he was trying to, to do. But uh, Fergal, I, I believe, you know... Um, you, you, you're fully aware. You were able to tell me beforehand. He, Van Morrison or George Ivan Morrison, as he's, he's probably probably better off referring to him as now. Uh, he had an album out with all, like it was a, it was a protest. Yeah, he released a new album this year. Um, I don't know if anyone caught that. Um, <laughs> but the album it's a it's a two disc album uh, with like fourteen songs per disc. That's like. 28 songs yes new album from um, Georgie Morrison and um, he uh, it's, it's basically mostly uh, anti-vax related stuff Mad. it's a conspiracy theory album Sean I must get it you must get it on record on final on final because <laughs> if there's 28 record that would be like 6 finals so yeah what if you play yeah, final yeah, backwards you play it backwards <laughs> right oh. yeah. hear something yeah but, uh, but yeah I just want to go over one or two of the song titles uh, the track titles on this on, on the album are absolutely tremendous. <laughs> Go for it. Um, uh, Where have all the rebels gone? Uh, Psychoanalyst's ball. <laughs> there's, there's, you know, there's less obvious ones like no good deed goes unpunished. Uh, tried to do the right thing. Uh, my personal favorite is called the long con. Uh, there's also one called big lie. <laughs> is there is there one called big pharma in it? There's not one called Big Farmer. There's no. one about Facebook. There's one about Big Farmer Goals. <laughs> the, last, the second last song uh, on disc two, Cormac, okay. is called Why Are You on Facebook? <laughs> Why are you I on Facebook? I asked myself Facebook? that same question. Yeah, you know what? Like, he's not wrong like, with that one. Like, why are you on Facebook? Uh, but there's loads of like, stop bitching, do something. <laughs> Western man. Yes. Western man. Oh, that's good. He could possibly, a um, little segue, he could... If he's planning on doing another one, he could ask Arlene Foster to do a duet. She was had her last press conference the other day, and um, I think she left it by doing a verse from My Way by Frank Sinatra. I <laughs> 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 would love to hear that. Uh, I actually do have it, but I don't know if, if I'm techy enough to, to get this to work. Podcast cut out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she must have seen the writing on the wall. Yeah, let's let's see what happens here. She must have practiced beforehand. I think it's a very good way, actually, to my local political career to have a British Irish Council uh, meeting here uh, in Fermanagh because it has absolutely encapsulated the totality of relationships, uh, and so I'm very pleased that everybody has been here. You didn't do so. That's life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what all the people say. Yeah. You're riding high, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so whimsical, isn't she? So that was Arlene Foster singing out. Um, I was happy. I think, I think she hit a bum note in the first sentence. <laughs> 
It's yeah. like Cruella Deville having a little jingle after murdering 101 Dalmatians. It's <laughs> Gavin Riley tweeted out not often you can say Arlene Foster is, is now a more convincing singer than Van Morrison. <laughs> so <laughs> he's probably right there. But uh, yeah, maybe he should consider getting Arlene on board for a wee duet. Yeah, and listen, before we kind of move on, there is the last song title I wanted to mention. Uh, there's one called Breaking the Spell. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. which is just great. But it's also like, but that's an extra song called, like, Double Agent. <laughs> <laughs> Duper's Delight. <laughs> Come on. Oh, how do you, you like my new segment on my jingle? Love this one. Uh, the jingle is, is out there. Thanks. Yeah, it's very representative of you, I think. Thank you. Uh, Cormac, I, I know we want to talk about the uh, the fiasco at the European Championships open, opening ceremony where um, Irish rock star Bono made uh, an appearance, if you want to call it that. Yeah, we're not talking about Liam Brady's jacket on RT2, which also um, got a lot of... Liam, Liam Brady was sporting a very, like, dad at Sunday kind of golf dinner jacket last night. It was beige with a very pink... Uh, it was actually a t-shirt underneath it wasn't even a, a polo shirt or anything. <laughs> well he knew the Italians might be watching him but being a, an Italian he, himself the, the tournament started off with one of these opening ceremonies that seems to now dominate kind of international yeah. football when they're like they're always so ridiculous I just um, think of the 94 World Cup when uh, who was it that kicked the penalty and went wide Diana, Diana Ross Diana Ross yeah. and the goal exploded <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that was great yeah um, but it, it had this tremendous like it all all these good thing everyone on Twitter was talking about all this great stuff going for it. everybody was happy because of COVID and Andrea Bocelli done Nessun Dono with a big orchestra and it was in Rome and it was all yeah. fantastic and beautiful and it was stunning even even myself and my dad were like that's you know that's 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 incredible like that that's opening and then it was like oh now we have like the official. UEFA Euro 2020 but in 2021 song and it's by Bono and Martin Garrix and it's just this awful generic yeah pop song called We Are The People uh, I think We Are The People You've Been Waiting For maybe something like the lyrics Gemma like John and Van Morrison might be able to read into that but it really got people going on Twitter one of the first things um, I've seen was you know some people said like why are some of the most high profile Irish musicians now all of a sudden so utterly embarrassing not all of course but particularly Van Morrison Bono Bob Geldof to name a view mm. and we're at the point of throwing Jim Core into that mix Sean I think we were at that point a while ago we were at that point a long time ago <laughs> yeah oh um, definitely uh, Paddy Power actually tweeted out Amazing that despite Ireland not being at the Euros, we still managed to somehow ruin everyone's evening. <laughs> I sent an autograph of Bono to sing at the opening ceremony. Fergal, I noticed a lot of people, and Sean, you'll like this because you're, you're a Star Wars man as well. A lot of people liken it to the hologram was equivalent of something Palpatine would... <laughs> I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Right? It was something like Palpatine would do, yeah. But it also reminds me, I don't know if anyone listening saw the The hologram, it wasn't just like... It wasn't like, you know, like they do a rappers or like Tupac where they're on stage and like it's a full body, like they're life size. This was like a Bono's giant fucking head yeah. in the middle of the stadium. Like his giant head. He looked like Zordon from the Power Rangers. That's what Actually, I, that's what it looks like. I'm just looking at yeah, it now. It looks it like does, Zordon. It looks like Zordon. Um, oh, that's so, weird. 
Yeah. At Paddy, who we would have had on before, talking about trolling, he tweeted out, you know, his classic Simpsons line, the enormous Bono will devour us all. Yeah. <laughs> so there was plenty of people talking about that. Uh, when it cut back to the studio to Liam Brady, he said, um, nice to see Bono there with... That's that guy, Avicii, isn't it? Avicii <laughs> actually, yeah. unfortunately, passed away two years ago. <laughs> so, it wasn't Avicii. It was uh, another European dance DJ, Martin yeah. Garrix. Um, well, I've never heard of him. Have you guys heard of Martin? I, I have, yeah. Oh. Um, You're down with the kids, I guess. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. But that's not where it stopped for, though. There was a How ceremony is- involving the ball. Did anybody I see this? Wait, this is the car. Yeah, the yeah, car. Yeah. Hold on, I, I want to get to this because the one thing, I, other thing I want to say about the Bono thing is that they didn't play that in the UK. For some okay. reason, the Bono thing wasn't played in the UK, and I don't know why. It must be something to do with, uh, with, with Brexit. I'm betting <laughs> Brexit. Yeah, could be. I, I, I'm betting it is. But um, then, when that strange scenario was over and done with. Um, the camera kept shooting back to this little Volkswagen <laughs> car on the sideline. And at the beginning, I wasn't too sure whether it was a really small car or somebody was just zoomed in on <laughs> like a sponsorship away, car, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then somebody came over with a football and they put it down on top of the roof of the car. Yeah. And uh, Sean, I don't know if you've seen it, but it drove on to the pitch and delivered the ball to the referee and zoomed back off again but it, it got an awful lot of um, coverage a lot of people likened it to uh, a lot of act- actually people were able to mock in Harry Redknapp <laughs> front seat you know the way he used to always be hanging out the car window and chance a deadline day yeah. he was in the front seat and um, at one point I seen one <laughs> <That's> doing, <brilliant. laughs> yeah, I seen one doing the rounds of um, it was like the hamster from Father Ted that time when he was on the little oh, yeah. bike and it was like everybody everybody in the scene the hamster had been removed and the car was just zooming away but uh, on to the the game itself did you I watched it yeah, yeah I watched did you watch it, it? Berg, I know you weren't too happy with the Italian right winger Dominico Berardi the taxi a couple of times about it here's the thing like I watched the game and I thought he he, he played a bit like um, Kevin Kilbane in his prime but he was involved in like I think all three goals as well he did have so, an involvement in so, all three goals but I must be a Muppet he wasn't particularly yeah. like I don't know I wouldn't be particularly threatened by him if I was he didn't he didn't seem particularly Italian no <laughs> no uh, I got the Italians in our um, we have work at Buster going, uh, Cormac at Italy. Yeah. Sean, you got England. I did, I was really happy I yeah. got England. And I got Poland. Mm. <laughs> so I might be in trouble. Well, you do have, you know, uh, probably the best striker in the world is on your team, but the rest of them, not, the ball, not, not so much. Um, I suppose on to the game, a lot of people on Twitter last night were really impressed with the Italians. Uh, a lot of people really with their suits but look that's that's a given it's probably a stereotype uh, Mancini looked quite smart in his he took the jacket off though he, he halfway did. through before the goals started and he was getting frustrated I know a lot of people Sean we spoke about this on the way in not very impressed with with Turkey uh, Twitter a lot of people on Twitter were kind of asking what like genuinely what is the point of when you get to a tournament just like not giving it a goal 
Yeah. Nobody's maybe expecting Turkey to win it, but like for their fans, it was extremely disappointing last night. Sean, what did you make of their efforts? Uh, I didn't rate them at all. I saw I saw somebody had on Twitter. Um, I don't know why, but had them up as their favourites to win. No, um, so, so this is the thing. So I, was Irish Simpsons fans? Yeah. They put up a thing. Yeah. So Turkey were coming into this tournament, I think, undefeated in a, a lot of games or actually, something and they considered very I think they only considered like three goals or something yeah. a lot of teams have actually come into this like unbeaten yeah. and maybe that says more about the group stages yeah the like yeah. the Nations League and stuff like that and it does so a, a lot of people had because it was, it was a I was sometimes fans at home were coming in out of the bush wasn't it yeah I, I'm kind of saying oh me telling all my friends the turkey were dark horses for the tournament this happened to and me a few back, right? this yeah. happened to me a few years ago when I told everyone I worked with that Austria would go far. You told us that as well. <laughs> you told everybody Austria were going to win. Yeah, yeah. They got so, or something, they? Oh, they got, they got easily beaten. But the most interesting thing about the Italian performance was uh, Cialini and Benucci at the back. Everyone was in awe about these guys. Like, they were combined the age, I think, of 72. And they're still kind of... Yeah. Uh, that could cause issues later on in the tournament when they come up against some faster forwards the striker up front for turkey yeah was 35 himself so no spring turkey as, as to say but um spring turkey yeah exactly uh, <laughs> that's Jesus it Christ. you can put that in there some kind of laughter in there but we just talk for a minute about um sean who do you now leaving aside who you got um if you think they're going to win it, fair enough. But who who do you think do you do you have a, a team that you think will run away with this tournament, or do you have a team you well, think? I, I think it's going to be a close for battle between. I think it, I I I got England in the thing. I also backed England. I think England on paper have an unbelievable team. Um, whether or not Southgate is able to make them play, or whether he is able to get the right balance, um. Is the question, uh, you know, it's it's more of a hopeful bet for me. I, you know, and I actually would genuinely, even though I'm Irish, like to see England oh, win. Not a popular one there, Sean. Not a popular. One. I would, I would, I would. I, I like the young players. Um, France are obviously probably most likely if the if team was to run away with it, France. But uh, you know, because I like the way Spain play or uh, Spain Italy played last night. Yeah, I don't see them winning it, but they could push. The interesting one about England is like he's probably the wrong. Well, it could be eating words in a couple of weeks, but he's probably the wrong manager. Or he's there's like certain decisions he's likely to make. Like he won't. Although Mason Mount is playing very well for Chelsea, I think a lot of English fans probably rather see Grealish start mm. ahead of him. Like he won't do that. He'll play Mount because Mount will do exactly what he tells him it's hard to turn down to the do. Champions League winner as well no right? it's true but I think a lot of English fans would be you know kind of would like to see Grealish playing um, everybody's favourite snake Declan Rice will probably start There's, that's probably a given who's going to play alongside we don't know but I think they were all disappointed in England about he brought like five right backs and one of them's already got injured yeah. Alexander Arnold, so, so they're he, a bit concerned. He's, to be right back he's a bit concerned. There, I think they're a bit concerned, maybe about the fact that he could be a bit more offensive than yeah. it looks. Yeah. And um, the French one's actually really interesting because Benzema's back in the squad, and funnily enough, I was reading two days ago, 
he's also involved in a court case. Um, oh yeah, that's right. His black blackmail case <laughs> against Matteo Valbuena, which is supposed to take place in October, where he's got some sort of like sex tape on Valbuena. That's why he was out of the French team. That's so essentially why he was out of the team, but. Griezmann's had a bad year or so with Barcelona and I think Deschamps recognised oh, I probably need like That's I probably need to take him back but it's interesting because a lot of the players in that squad would also know Valbuena and there could be a classic French argument halfway through the, <coughs> the tournament uh, Fergal who have you got in the buster and who do you think is well, actually going to win it I've got Poland and we like, basically you know we have 24 people in our buster there's 24 teams and I got Poland I'm disappointed despite your man up front but I think France are going to win so much so that I have put my first official adult bet for the first time ever I have bet um, on a game of football and and I don't know what to do so I actually got Sean as like my my friend to go in and place the bet for me because I I was too scared to go into the the betting office you would be eating alive in the betting office my friend like hello can I have a pencil please yeah exactly Um, they they probably should Uh, they're in a terrible group though as in the way the seasons worked out they're in a group which um Germany and Portugal also. So one of those one of those teams is there are some or maybe all third place teams, I'm not sure. Might be going six to, third, is it yeah, six third so, so there is a chance they would go through, but yeah. depending on how they finish in that group, uh it's looking likely they could be playing maybe England in at least the quarters. Who do you think's gonna um, win Cormac? Who thinks gonna win it? Yeah. Um I'd probably say the French. I did. I did see the. I did see the Portuguese, and they looked very, very good in their warm-up games, and to the point where I was like, "Oh, okay." They've half the Wolves team playing all yeah, season. A lot of them, <laughs> played, but like you know, they they started up front the other night with like Ronaldo, Fernandez, Bernardo Silva, Diego Jota, oh. Ruben Neves uh, behind them. A couple of really other good players your man Cancelo plays left back for City probably right back for Portugal Ruben Diaz Pepe who's 37 is still knocking about so I think they've got enough to be if they won it this time it wouldn't be just shock as as they won it the last time Yeah. I thought before the tournament started England would on paper yeah. be likely to win this but I'm not too sure now from the warm up games with the way Southgate's approached them, they were very lucky to beat Romania um, last weekend, and I wouldn't be too confident of of them beating Scotland at Wembley. Let's be honest, because the Scots, although they're rugby, I don't know how to describe the rugby team as the sport <laughs> world's greatest sort of you know pinata. Their their football team will arrive to Wembley well up for that game, and I wouldn't I count. Ag- I wouldn't count against them getting a draw. Could put England in a bit of trouble in terms of trying to finish top of the group because I we don't nobody knows what Croatia is going to be like. Everybody assumes they're they're not going to be as good as before, but they always manage to. They're they a tournament team. Yeah, yeah, they rise. They, they do play quite well at, at tournaments, and I think that's what could happen. That's why it could be someone like Italy or, or Portugal. Like it's just going to be a case of. 
they're just going to have to somebody's just going to have to be on form for six or seven games yeah they need that one player I think listen I hope Scotland win mostly you know obviously England will go out and Sean lose a bet so we'll be pretty happy with that you see this is what's going to happen now Sean like he's placed his first bet but now he's <laughs> oh yeah he's going to he, get cocky he's, it's not even that it's like he's he's looking at angles as to which like his odds will improve so like if, if your team goes out that means you know he's better chance of of what, what odds did you get on that by the way Fergo do you understand Sean what odds did I get on that <laughs> I, I gave you the I gave you the thing I don't know I put it over there it was oh, okay. like 4-1 four four, yeah on France yeah. you do a, a little each way was I it I did a little each way yeah <laughs> mostly because Sean advised me to, to, I, had to <laughs> I had to explain to him what each way oh yeah, shut yeah. up yeah, yeah. Sean left me he didn't you kindly left like a five with a voicemail yeah first past the post was it yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 well that's Currently, uh, there is a game actually going on at the moment, but it's nil-nil half-time Wales and Switzerland. But there's three games today. Uh, I think the second one is somebody in Finland. I can't remember who somebody is. I feel it's the Danes, who have been very unlucky against a few times. That's right. And I think tonight it's Belgium versus the USSR. So that could be <laughs> interesting. Everybody over the last few years would have tipped Belgium to win at least one international trophy and they've got a very kind of I wouldn't call them old squad but a lot of players now are kind of yeah. in between 28 and 33 so it could be the time for them it could be but uh, they're waiting on I think the Bruyne's face got smashed in the Champions League final so they're unsure of whether he's, he's certainly not going to be fit for the first game and it's so dangerous in tournament situations we've seen in the past in England them bringing guys like Beckham and Rooney who clearly are not fit after an injury and like you need them to be yeah, to be on it straight away like, usually yeah Yeah. so we'll, we'll see what way it plays out too early to tell but I think you could be on to a winner further with France not Poland oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, that's that's it for me I obviously will be reporting from uh, the Euros. Yeah, we'll have a daily Euro podcast. Yeah. Alright, gents, thanks for uh, joining me in person today. It was nice. Nice to see your faces in real life. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the little wave, Sean. You're welcome. Um, anything else from Twitter this week or any other business? Yeah, I've ha- I do have stuff, Fargo. Okay. I'm just, uh, I'm just looking for it. Yeah. Because um, we are professionals. Sean, there was so. um, there was a good live line. Um, there was a live line one last week, I think. Um, and it was you know somebody just uh, and then Joe obviously had to come back onto the airwaves. And apologise. Uh, Donald O'Keefe, journalist, tweeted out somebody was on live line. Uh, they're going into Dunn stores and they're buying all their drink and they're running around like fucking werewolves, Joe. Sorry, young people. Sorry for cursing. Yes, this was about the youth. Um, <laughs> my back, just back to the DUP for a second. I yeah. see a phenomenal story um, where. Uh, a TV doctor ordered to pay 125k damages to Arlene Foster. This was Embarrassing Bodies doctor Christian Jessam or Jessup. Oh, that guy, yeah. Uh, retweeted 
Oh. Funny, I wouldn't have called this conspiracy theory. Is that theory. Shoes I didn't but realize it was that. a rumor that she was having an affair with her driver. Oh, right? I saw that. And she took him to court and she won. So he has to pay her 125k. Uh, but my favorite one, it's actually a visual one, so it'd be difficult to show. But I will turn my laptop around to you. Uh, a Chinese businessman bought Zebu Kuju, a second-tier Chinese side, and told the coach that he had to play his son each week. Uh, his son is looks kind of like I look right now after a long lockdown <laughs> and drinking and eating. But <laughs> this is just a photo, but I have seen a video clip of it, and it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But that's they're the only ones I could uh, drum up this week. Sean, did you have anything? Uh, no, I just like to promote. Uh, last couple of weeks ago, I asked a question of a podcast called Impolite Society. Oh, yeah. And, uh, what was they, the question, John? Well, the, the, firstly, like, the podcast is about sort of like rude taboos that people don't talk about. Yeah. And uh, every every Friday they have a fan Friday. And I asked a question about uh, what, what are furries? And uh, they, they kindly answered it. And we retweeted it on our Twitter. And it was a great yeah. episode. So if you're listening and you'd like something fun to listen to listen to my question about what are furries and it's a really unusual world yeah they're a great podcast uh, impolite society they do their research um for every episode really really well unlike us unlike us all right well listen gents uh, thanks for joining me this week uh, we've been tweets ahead you can obviously find us on any podcast platform Please do like, subscribe, and leave a review for the podcast, whether that's on Apple or Podchaser. The music, as always, was Welcome to the Breakdown by Bill Coleman. And check out our website, tweetsahead.com. Sean has filled it full of great facts about our episodes, actual links to the episodes, and there's some hidden pornography there. We won't tell you where. See you next week. Ooh, I didn't know that. <laughs>